In our blue Christmas service, I wanted to share with you one of my favorite passages, because I think it kind of helps us process some things that we may be feeling right now. I want to read to you from the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. What use is an idol once its maker has shaped it, a cast image, a teacher of lies? For its maker trusts in what it has, it has made, though the product is only an idol that cannot speak. Alas for you who say to the wood, wake up, to the silent stone, rouse yourself. Can it teach? See, it is gold and silver plated. There is no breath in it at all. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's an old saying um, that you may remember from school. Uh, there's no such thing as a bad question or a stupid question or a silly question or however you've heard it put. But basically, there are no bad questions. It's important to ask questions. And I, I think in my life, I may have put that um, theory to the test because I feel like in my life I've asked some pretty dumb questions at some point in my academic career or even as a pastor. Uh, I feel like sometimes I'll ask a question just to ask it. That might not always be the smartest of intentions or smartest of questions. Questions are important in faith, I believe. One of my favorite things about the Old Testament are the number of individuals who question or wrestle with God. In fact, the people of Israel, they get their name from Jacob. If you remember Genesis 32, in Genesis 32, we see Jacob wrestling with God. He is going to the next day meet his brother Esau, and they're going to reconcile after all that has gone, gone on in their family. But the night before Jacob goes to meet Esau, he spends the night alone. He wrestles with God. And the word says that at that point, his name is changed from Jacob to Israel, one who wrestles against God and man. We see later in the Old Testament, we see Moses. We see in Moses, we see uh, a, a prophet who on the mountain, when God says, I'm going to wipe them out and start over, start over with you and your people. God says to Moses, says, Moses says to God, God, no, don't do that. It's not right for you to do that. Don't you remember what you said? And we see God and Moses wrestling back and forth, talking back and forth, having questions and answers. The book of Job, is Job not completely a book? of a man asking questions to God. God, why? I'm a righteous man. Why has this befallen me? Why has this happened? We see in the book of Job, Job questioned God repeatedly over and over and over and over again. This notion of wrestling or questioning God is a very common Old Testament and Jewish tradition. In the Old Testament, there really doesn't seem to be anything as a bad question or a silly question. That brings us to Habakkuk tonight. Habakkuk is one of the Old Testament prophets. He's what's called a minor prophet. In the Old Testament, there are major prophets and minor prophets, and that's not a distinction between the importance of their works. It's simply a comment on the length of their books. Your major prophets are your Isaiahs, your Ezekiels, books that are lengthy, chapters upon chapters. Your minor prophets are shorter, three to three to six chapters typically. And they typically may be one or two sermons compiled of these prophets. So in the Jewish 
Old Testament, you actually will see these minor prophets compiled into a single book at times. We see Habakkuk here tonight. We see in Habakkuk what we've already spoken of with Job or Jacob or Moses. We see a man wrestling with God. What we see in the book of Habakkuk, we see Habakkuk, as we see with many Old Testament prophets, we see them seeking to understand why, God. Why has this happened? What's going on? What's the point? What's the purpose? What am I to learn in this moment, God? I don't understand. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. We see Habakkuk throughout the totality of his book asking God why. Why, God? Why is this happening? Why, what is going on? Why? So we see in Habakkuk the same thing that we see throughout the Old Testament. And frankly, that we see throughout all of Scripture. Why? We want to understand, don't we? We want to make sense out of things that don't always make sense. We want to understand things that aren't always easy to understand. And so we ask questions. Why does cancer strike? Why was there a terrible pandemic that ravaged across our country and across the world? Why, why do we see ourselves in such a time and an age of harshness and polarization? Why do relationships end? Why do jobs cease? Why do we suffer through injury and insult and pain and loss? Friends, there truly are not bad questions. We serve a God big enough to handle our questions, big enough to handle our grief, big enough to handle our pain. And y'all, there are just seasons sometimes seasons where the grief seems a bit much and the pain seems a little too sharp and the hurt seems a little deep. My wife tells me this, that I, I don't have much of a poker face. Um, I'm not always good at hiding my emotions. I'm usually fairly good at hiding my reactions, but I'm, I'm not good at hiding my emotions. I love the words of the psalmist when he says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. I think there's times we're downcast, aren't we? I know I've felt downcast recently. 
the emerging from the pandemic, you see a world divided. I feel downcast when I look around the church and see empty spots. I feel downcast when I, 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 I ache for loss that we've had. I feel downcast when I see my tradition in the midst of turmoil. I, I've been kind of downcast recently. My wife has commented on it. I found myself, and those of you who know me know this is unlike me. I'm a type A extrovert. I, I, I'm a, I, we Google the phrase extrovert, you'll see my face. I found myself recently pulling back, not wanting to go to parties, not wanting to mingle at events. Found myself pulling back a lot because I've been a little downcast, feeling some grief recently. And our impulse is to push back from that, to not acknowledge the grief, to say, get, just get through it. You know, just power through it, get through it, push your nose a grindstone, get to it, fight through it. And there is something to be said for staying busy and being active and working through grief. But I've also come to understand that we have to also acknowledge sometimes our grief and our hurt and our pain, and our loss. We can't always fight through it. Sometimes we have to be like Job's friends. In the book of Job, it says, for the first seven days after Job's tragedy, they sat in the ashes with him. Sometimes we need to sit in the ashes. And it's okay. It's okay. The season. When I was in the Delta, I had my three little small churches, sweetest people I ever, I've ever known. I always tell people how much I love the Delta because uh, those three little churches, they weren't coming to church on Sunday to hear a good sermon because I was not a good preacher. They were coming to church because it was Sunday and you went to church. And I'll never forget, I'd been up there for a few months. It was probably September, October of my first year, 99. And my little bitty church, Lytton, we didn't have a lot of people. Lytton was, on a good Sunday, had five people. And one of my stalwarts, one of my every Sunday folk, came up to one Sunday and said, well, Brother Andy, said, um, I'm not going to see you for about five or six weeks now. I thought to myself, uh-oh, I've been here that short of a time, and I've already made somebody angry, and they're leaving the church? That's some kind of record for even me. I said, oh, no, I hope everything's okay. If I'm done anything, I'm sorry. I said, oh, no, 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 Andy, you're fine. He said, it's just harvest time. It's harvest season. And I've got to be in the field for the next five weeks. And sure enough, that time of year, for the rest of my time in the Delta, every, every, every time of the year, that September, August, September, October time, he would have to miss church for five to six weeks because he had to be in the fields every day, seven days a week. It was harvest season. He, he didn't want to be in the fields. He would have much rather have been at church sitting by his wife. That's where he wanted to be. But in that season, he had to be in the fields. If you're in that season of grief right now, it's okay. It's okay. 
it's just a season. And it will be okay. But don't be afraid to raise your hurt, to raise your question, to raise your pain to God. And that's why I like Habakkuk. Because as he asked all these questions, he asked all these questions about why and this and that. It's that last verse, verse 20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. He didn't necessarily get an answer. But what he got was an assurance. An assurance that God was with him. An assurance that God heard him. An assurance that God was present with him even in his hurt, in his uncertainty, in his pain. That God was with him. And in this Christmas season, we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. I don't know, friends, if you're watching this sermon or listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you're hurting. I'm assuming there's a pain on your heart. I'm assuming there's a blue in your life. And there's something going on. I don't know what it is. But I assure you of this, friends. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is with us. The Lord has not forgotten us. The Lord has not forsaken us. And even now, even now, even in this blue Christmas, he is with us. We are not alone. We are his. And he is ours. So no matter how you feel tonight, no matter the hurt, the pain, the loss, you're not alone. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. Tonight you're loved, you're cared for, and God is with you. So tonight and always, may we give ourselves the space and the grace to give our questions, our hurts, and our blue to the God who loves us and the God who is with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for hearing our hurts, for hearing our pain, for hearing our loss. Father, and I pray for any who are watching or listening now, God, that they can feel your comfort, that they can know that you are in your holy temple, God, that you're with us. God, be with us now. Be with all who grieve, all who feel alone, all who feel forsaken or forgotten. We pray for all who need you now, God. We pray for those for whom no one else prays. Be with us in this blue Christmas. Be with us throughout the rest of this week and the days to come. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for spending a few moments here with us at St. Matthew's. It's our hope that this blue Christmas service can be a blessing to you, to all who you love in this season. Have a good rest of your Advent season. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And if we can serve you or be with you in any way at St. Matthew's United Methodist Church, don't be afraid to let us know. 
Thanks for worshiping with us online.